So I am super excited to be up here today. For those of you that I don't know, I am Kenny Brooks. I'm the student pastor here, and I get the awesome opportunity to come and spend a little bit of time up here with y'all this morning. Um, I was really excited about this, and I've, I've been super excited. I always get excited to be over here in big church, right, and not just, you know, over there, but no, it's awesome. Um, and it's just this time of year. It's just like there's so much excitement in the air around Christmas time, and there's family, and there's singing, and there's fun movies, and there's all kinds of things that are going on, and there's all sorts of excitement kind of everywhere you look, even um, with, with the places that we serve. And so sometimes you go to like a shepherd staff or an axe, one of these food banks, and, and you're serving, and the people are just kind of down. But even this time of year, there's some of that, that, that joy in their eyes. There's some of that joy, and people are extra giving this time of year, so you're able to give them more, and you're able to do all these great things this month. And so there's just kind of this excitement all around us, but sometimes it's not always like that. You know, for, for many times, there, there, there's, there's things in our lives that keep us from being super excited this time of year. Um, I know there was one Christmas in our own household that I was a bit of a Scrooge or Grinch or however you want to talk about it, and I was just, I was not in a good place, and it was, a, it was a early on in our marriage, and I was working way too much and at school way too much and doing all the things, and we were newlywed, and we had a baby, and we had a lot of things going on, and I was just like not in a great mood. Um, and so that was a tough Christmas for us, but maybe there's something else going on in your life. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe this time of year is kind of that, that reminder, or maybe that, that there's just way too much going on, and you can't feel like you slow down. Or maybe for some of you senior parents, you're like, everything's going way too fast, and I can't find myself time to worship because I feel like this is all happening way too quick. For whatever it is, some of us have trouble celebrating and being joyful this time of year, even though it seems like every single person around us is so excited. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning, is this, uh, this idea of just being excited, not just for Christmas, but being excited to worship. And I think as we look at the wise men, we're really going to truly be able to see what this looks like. And so if you've got your Bibles, I want us to stand together as we read the story of the wise men. And so this comes out of Matthew chapter 2. Um, we got verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to skip down a little bit, and we're going to read 9 through 11, okay? So there's a little bit of skip in there. Um, but it says this, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born of the king of the Jews? For we saw his star, it rose, and we have come to worship him. Let's skip down to verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Thank y'all. Y'all can sit down. Um, and I love this story because it, it, it's the story of the wise men, which is, you know, very much different than the story of the wise guys. So we just don't, we don't want to mix that one up. That's a very different story. But the wise men had been waiting all this time for this star to appear. 
It had been some 400 years that these guys were waiting and waiting and waiting, and obviously not them, but like their generations. They were waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally the star appears, and they are so excited. It's not like it was like, oh, cool, there's a star. It's, they were exceedingly joyful and with great joy. They were rejoicing, and they were doing all this thing, and they were like, we got to go now. And they went to worship. And yeah, they brought gifts and all that things that we kind of celebrate this time of year. But they went to worship. And so what we see from these wise men is that this excitement, this waiting, it could not be contained. It it, it filled every part of this journey. But so many of us, we find it hard to find excitement in the worship today. We find it hard to get excited about having a quiet time. We find it hard to get excited about spending time in a quiet moment with God and just lingering with him. But that's exactly what these guys did. They were, they were so excited to see this baby. It was, an, it was an entirely different feeling. It was an entirely different moment. And so at uh, this time of year, we find that, you know, maybe everybody around you is super excited. And you're just like, I, I'm just not. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just different. I don't, I don't know. And that can be really hot, really tough, especially if you got little ones. Like, kids are so excited this time of year, all right? My kids especially, they, they love it, all right? They love the gingerbread houses, the decorations. My son asks to decorate the tree every single day, okay? He loves it. It's, it can be decorated. He's going to redo it, all right? They love it, especially they love the time off of school. And as they start to get closer, they start to see some presents appear under that tree. And it's like, whoa. That excitement is building and building and building and building, and they just want to do it. And as parents, you know, it's tough because you want to balance, you know, the excitement for Christmas and the excitement for, for Jesus. And we have all these little slogans like, keep Christ in Christmas, and we, we say all the things, and we say, Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays, and we do all the things, and we get upset about it, but all month we talk about the presents. All month we talk about the food. All month we talk about all the Christmas movies and all these things, but are we talking, are we excited about worship? Are we excited about that? Or do we just come in here on Sunday morning and it's just like, all right, this is what we do. This is where we talk about Jesus. This is where we learn these things and it's great and we need to be here. And then we leave and we're like, all right, what's for lunch? Like sometimes we're way more excited about lunch than we are in here in the morning, and, that, and that's the truth, okay? But I think if we begin to see worship for what it is, the way these wise men saw it, again, not the wise guys, but the way the wise men saw it, then we can truly begin to see what, what, why worship is so exciting. And one of the definitions that I love of this comes out of Romans chapter 12, uh, and Romans 12.1 says this, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. He says, present your body as a living sacrifice. You see, sometimes we confuse worship with just singing. And singing is a great form of worship, especially when you're sitting next to somebody that can really bring it. You know, for the rest of us, we're, we're praying for that joyful noise that he talks about, right? But we love worship, and we love singing, and we do this, but that's not the only kind of worship. That's not the only way we worship. Paul talks about living your life as a sacrifice, living your life, and this would bring about your spiritual Worship, And I love the, the, the term sacrifice because when we think about a sacrifice, what they would do is they would slaughter it and then they would bring it to 
uh, they would bring it to the altar, and then they would burn it, and it would go up to God. And so God's like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want from you. That sounds super exciting, right? Right? No. But what, what we do is we offer our lives to God, and he begins to consume you. He begins to take over every aspect of it. And the more that you offer to God, the more that he consumes you. You see, uh, this, this is slightly off track, but one of my favorite things about God is that anytime we're struggling with something, it's not us that go to him, it's him that comes to us. That's my, that's my absolute favorite. When we are struggling to worship him, he comes to us. When we were struggling with sin, he came to us. When, when, when we find it hard to go to him, he's like, I'm not worried about that, I'll come to you. And that's slightly off topic, but I love that about God. And he says, the more that you give of me, the more that you give of yourself, I want your household, I want your work, I want all of you. This isn't separate, this isn't separate, I want all of you. And the more that we give to him, the more that he consumes, and the more that he, he takes away all of those bad parts of us. Because we all, we all have these impurities, we all have these things that we struggle with, we all have these times when we can't find a way to worship. And he's like, you give me that brokenness, and I'm going to give you more of me. You give me that impurity, and I'm going to make you more holy. And when we start to look at worship like this, it gets really, really exciting. Because we give God everything that's broken in our lives, and he gives us perfection. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible speaks to this process, and it's Isaiah 125. And I love this verse. It's my absolute favorite, and this is such an exciting verse. You ready for this one? I will turn my hand against you, and will smelt away with dross as with lye, and remove all your alloy. And most of you are like, I don't think that's the right verse. I think you, think you messed up on that one. That's not it. But it is. This is my absolute favorite verse. And it's, it's this Old Testament talking about this metalworking process. And what would happen is they would bring the metal in, and they would heat it up, superheat it, and it would melt down. And when that melted down, all of the impurities in the metal would rise to the top, and they'd skim it away, and they'd let it harden, and they would do that over and over and over again until there was no more impurities that rose to the top of the metal. This was their refining process. And when God is speaking through Isaiah to the people of Judah, when he's saying, look, I am going to keep breaking you down to build you back up. I'm going to take away all those impurities. If you would give me every aspect of your life, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take away the brokenness. I'm going to take away the hurt. I'm going to take away those moments that you can't seem to be able to worship. I'm going to take away those fears. I'm going to take away the, the frustrations. I'm going to take all of those, and I'm going to melt it away. And this, this is process. It was over and over and over again until we reach perfection, which is either Jesus coming back or us going to him, you know, one way or the other. And with this process goes throughout our entire life. And it's God that does the work, but it's us that have to present our bodies to him. We have to say, God, I'm, I'm not holding anything back. I want you to work in my life. I want you to heal this brokenness. I want you to heal this hurt. I want you to heal this time. Because I can't. 
You see, so often we find it hard to be excited even though we have every reason to be. And I'm right there with you. I have plenty of times when I'm not excited. But when I think about what God is doing in my life, when I think about that breaking down and building up, that breaking down and building up, I think about the creator of the universe taking his time with me every moment of the day, that if I would just give him some small speck of my life, some small hurt or insecurity, he's going to give me back perfection. That's really exciting. The wise men, they had waited and waited and waited, and they were so excited to see this baby, the king of the Jews. They were the Messiah come as a man. He was, he was there, and they were so excited. These are, these are like well-to-do men. These are not your guys that are going to be jumping around and skipping for joy, right? This is Georgia winning the national championship last year. Like They were losing their minds. They were so excited to see Jesus, to bow down to him, to worship him with every aspect. When's the last time we got that excited about church? When's the last time you were so excited to sit down with your word and just read and see what God has for you? When's the last time we were excited about sitting at the feet of Jesus and just saying, God, I'm, I'm giving you this. This is all I've got to give is a broken hallelujah. I don't have anything else. I don't have anything to give you. God, will you give me you? This time of year is so amazing because it's the easiest time of year to talk about God. He's everywhere. This is the easiest month of the year to be evangelistic, to be centered around him, and yet we make it so difficult. Give yourself to Him. Give your family to Him. Take time with an advent. Take time to go through and the, the, His story. It's an amazing story. And you think, all right, it's Christmas. We're going to hear about the birth of Christ. Okay. But it's an incredible story that we should be excited about, that, that God of the universe would come down to us because we couldn't get to Him. There's this excitement. One of my favorite things about this verse, actually, is, is how they knew they were done. You see, this process, they would repeat. And when the, there was no more impurities that rose to the top, the metal worker would actually be able to see his reflection in the melted metal. Whew, that's awesome. Because if God is your metal worker, if God is the one working on you, then all people are going to be able to see is God reflected in you. They're not going to see your hurt. They're not going to see anger. They're not going to see bitterness. They're not going to see desperation or, or, or fear or anything else. They're going to see God. And that is something to be excited for. Not just like, hey, I'm going to go to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I'm excited. I've spent all week reading. I've spent all week worshiping. I've spent all week seeking God. And now I get to do it together with everybody. And we're going to sing. And we're going to worship. And we're going to do all the things. And I'm excited to hear what God has for us. Matthew 
when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This was not some little thing. There are times when we're not excited, and that's okay. But, but when we come to God, and we start to give Him that part of us, and God begins to take away that hurt and begins to make you more and more and more like Him, that is exciting. Not just for you, but for everybody around you who gets to see God reflected in your life. And so my question is this, what are you holding back from God? What are you not allowing Him to work through? Is there an area of your life where you're like, God, I'm holding on to this. Maybe it's work, and you're like, I can't, I can't do that at my work. Like, you don't understand, like, I can't, I can't do that at my work. Maybe it's your home, and you think, all right, we go to church and we do this, but there's no worship outside of church. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's something else that's keeping you from being able to worship God, and it's keeping you from being excited. We want to bring that to the altar and say, God, no more. I'm not holding on to this anymore. I don't know how you're going to do it because I don't see a way. I don't know how you're going to move in this because there's really and truly, I don't even think there can. But God, I'm giving this to you. Work in my life. Consume every part of me that my worship to you would be perfect. And when we start to see this time of year like that, that's exciting. That's exciting for what our church body, what what each of us will do, will look like when we're excited to come together because we get to tell people of God how how He's moved in our life this week. We're excited to come together to be able to lift up praise and to be able to lift up worship. We're excited to come together because we know This body of believers reflects God, and that's where we want to be. Church, that's my prayer for you this Christmas season, that before you bring gifts, that you would bring worship. Bring your body, your life to God, and then bring gifts to others. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come before you. God, the wise men were so excited to see you. And God, we have this opportunity every moment of every day. God, rekindle that excitement in our life. Relight that fire that we have for you, God. God, we just want to praise you. We want to worship you better. We want to keep you at the center of our attention. God, allow us to do that. Reveal to us the parts of our lives we're holding on to and take hold of that consume us. And God, as we come to take this bread and, and take, and take this, this, this cup, God, we just pray that this would be a true reminder of what you've done for us. That we would be so excited to come to you because you came to us. God, thank you for these things. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.